All right. Scripture tells us that the rain will fall on the just and the unjust. So we're not going to make any judgment this morning, but I am so glad that so many of you joined us as we've gathered together here and in homes all across our area to worship the living God as Second Baptist Church. You know, several years ago, a young musician dressed in jeans, a t-shirt, and a baseball cap took his violin and set up to play in a Washington, D.C. metro station. It was not Charles Smith, in case you were wondering. When he got there, he opened his violin case, took his violin out, threw a few bucks in as seed money, and he then began to perform six classical pieces over the course of the next 43 minutes. And during that time, 1,097 people passed by, tossing in $32.17. Maybe Charles would have done better. We don't know. What we do know is that of those 1,097 people who passed by, about three minutes in, there was a man who stopped for about a moment, just, just a brief moment, and lingered seemingly aware that something special might be happening. But there were other things to do, so he moved on. And then, about the same time, a young mother rushed hurriedly off the escalator and was trying to get by but had to stop because her three-year-old son was pulling her toward the music, intrigued like something special was happening. But, but she also had things to do, better things to do with her day, So she moved on by as well. And when it was all said and done, of the 1,097 people that passed by in those 43 minutes, only seven people lingered for more than 60 seconds. And of those seven people, only one recognized the violinist as Joshua Bell. She threw in about 20 bucks, and so most of the others you can kind of figure were tossing pennies. Three days prior to this, Joshua Bell, a former child prodigy and now an internationally revered virtuoso, widely recognized as one of the finest musicians on the planet, had filled Boston Symphony Hall to capacity where the cheap seats were selling for about $100 a piece. And and only two weeks after this little experiment in the subway station, he had packed out a music hall in Bethesda, Maryland, with standing room only, where the crowd was so in awe of his artistry that they uniformly held their coughing until the silences between the musical movements. Bell sometimes paid $1,000 a minute for his talents. But on that Friday morning in January, he was just another street performer, competing for the attention of busy people as they were passing by on their day to work. When composer John Corriglano accepted his Oscar for Best Original Score, he credited Bell, saying, He plays like a god, and he did on that day as well. For 43 minutes, 
one of the greatest musicians in the world, played six of the most complex musical masterpieces ever composed on a $3.5 million violin that was hand-strung in the 18th century by Stradivarius, and almost no one noticed what was happening. Almost no one noticed the beauty in the midst of their busyness. And we can't judge. We can't, we can't judge because we know we would have been right there with them. We know we do the same kinds of things all the time. In fact, I am convinced that we miss out on so much of the joy and the beauty and the abundance that God is trying to give us on a daily basis. You remember Jesus said he came that we might have abundant life. I am convinced that we miss out on so much of that abundance in this life, so much of the abundance God is trying to give us in the midst of the busyness and the bustle of our lives because we're simply not pausing long enough to pay attention. And so what I've come here this morning to do primarily is to remind you to pay attention. To, to pay attention so that you might begin to notice what Father James Martin has reminded us of. That our lives are suffused already and always with the presence of God so that we might learn to slow down and notice the signs and signals of God's beauty and God's presence and God's holiness all around us, so that we, so that all of you, might begin to notice what God is trying to show you and what God might be trying to say to you right now. So that we might begin to notice what it is we've been missing. This is an invitation I find embedded and embodied in almost all of the post-resurrection stories. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that when Jesus shows up among his disciples in the aftermath of Easter, that they most always notice him or know him not? Many ran, Mary, you remember, ran into him outside of his garden tomb, and, and she only recognized who he was when he called out her name. And then later that day, Jesus joined some of his disciples walking on the Emmaus Road. He walked with them and he talked with them and he went back to a house and he ate with them and he prayed with him and them and they only recognized it was him after he was gone. And then there are so many of these instances like the one we just heard where Jesus shows up, he appears all of a sudden like he did in Luke chapter 24. And they, they're aware enough of him to be afraid of him. But they're still not so sure what to make of him. Rob Bell once noticed or noted that it must be such a letdown to rise from the dead only to have your closest friends not recognize you. And of course... It may have just been the post-crucifixion haze. But you know, in retrospect, Jesus had indicated that this kind of thing might happen from time to time. Earlier in his ministry, Jesus foreshadowed 
to his followers then and now that whatever we do or do not do to the least of these, we have done or not done unto him. Emphasizing something to us that the Bible has shown us since its earliest pages that sometimes in life, whether we know it or not, we are entertaining angels or even God unaware. Which means, to be clear, at any moment in our lives, God could be even more anonymous and just as embodied as Joshua Bell was in that retro, metro station. In fact, God even promises us that God is going to do this. Perhaps especially when we're dealing with those who have been wrongfully convicted or wrongfully, wrongfully condemned. Those who have been mistreated, maligned, marginalized, and oppressed. In fact, Jesus says in Matthew 25 that this is going to happen and we better be careful, especially when we're dealing with these people, because how we deal with these people may have eternal consequences. So we better be paying attention. Because if we're not paying attention, we may just miss it and we do not want to miss God, when God is trying to encounter us. We don't want to miss God when God is trying to encounter us. Lord God, help us not to miss you when you are in our midst. Help us not to miss the risen Christ when he is in our midst. You know, in these post-resurrection stories, the ones we see in the Bible and in the ones we've experienced in our own lives, we often notice a few different responses. First of all, often when God encounters people, when God encounters us and we encounter God, sometimes we know it instantly. There are some times when, when we've encountered God in this world and in this life, and it is undeniable and we know it instantly. And there are probably some of you sitting here right now, and you have stories of moments in your life when you knew God was there with you. And I'd love to hear some of those stories. And then other times what we see in Scripture and in life is that God encounters us, but, but we don't know it at the time. But then afterward, much like the Emmaus Road experience, we realize there was more going on in that experience than met the eye. And we echo Jacob's Genesis proclamation that surely the Lord was in that place and we did not know it. And many of us might look back over the moments of this past year and admit that we now know God was with us in some strange and surprising places, in strange and surprising ways. And still, other times, and actually often, I believe, God encounters us in this life and we just never pick up on it. We might pause for a minute like a few of those people in that metro station where Joshua Bell played, suspecting momentarily that something special might be happening, but ultimately we've got better things to do. So we pitch in a few pennies and we walk on by. We miss it. But what I'm asking you to do this morning, 
What I'm here to ask you to do this morning is to try not to miss it. At least not as much. What I'm here to remind you to do this morning is to remember what Elizabeth Barrett Browning so eloquently proclaimed. That earth is crammed with heaven. And every common bush is afire with the flames of God. But it is only those like Moses who see who take their shoes off. What I'm here to ask you to do this morning on the back of this year we've just experienced and on the precipice of the year ahead is to try to take down, to, to take the time to slow down and see. Shoes are optional. What I'm here to ask you to do this morning is to live with a greater sense of expectation. That the risen Christ, even right now, is trying to show you something. That the risen Christ is right now even trying to say something to you, and you might be less apt to miss it if you're paying attention. Something, something we know isn't always easy to do. In fact, it's increasingly difficult to do because there are so many distractions in our lives. There's so many distractions, and, and if we've got a cell phone or uh, a computer or a tablet nearby, often we know there are work updates, and there are, are all kinds of news updates, and there are social media updates. There are all kinds of updates and distractions, and then we've got work distractions and working from home distractions. We've got all kinds of distractions going on in our lives right now, and I'm thinking about those distractions, and I'm also even thinking about the distractions of our regular routines, our routines don't usually feel like distractions. In fact, they're the things that keep us focused on the things that we need to be focused on, the things that we need to be focused on to get the things done we need to do at work or at school and at home. But of course, if you're like me, those daily to-do lists, those routines with those to-do lists, are also often the things that keep us so laser-focused on some things that we also miss out on bigger things. I do this often until, that is, I'm invited to do what I'm inviting you to do this morning. Occasionally break from your routine, reflect, and pay attention. I noticed this recently in the midst of a school morning routine when I was invited to pay attention to the back of a cereal box and to the one holding it. As a parent, you know, I'm often quite laser focused on school mornings. When I'm moving my kids from their beds to their bus stops, I'm, I've got a lot of things to do that I'm actively managing. And, and most of the time, my job is spent in the morning, reminding people, prompting people to keep on moving, to keep on going. So there's, there's little lingering over, over breakfast or morning conversations. We've got to get this show on the road, you know. Some of you know what that's like. So, so you know, we, we, we've got to get dressed, and we've got to, got to make our beds, and we've got to eat our breakfast, and we've got to feed the dogs, and we've got to put our shoes on, and we've got to put our masks on and put our backpacks on. We've got to keep this thing moving. The routine is the king, and throughout it, I'm naturally paying attention to some things and not other things. But one morning, and we didn't really have a lot of time, I, 
I allowed myself to break from the routine from a moment or three. And Luke and I had a little bit of time over the back of a cereal box. The cereal boxes that I stock our cabinets with are not the ones my wife wants me to stock our cabinets with. She's a little bit healthier than I am. But I choose to stock our cabinets because the kids like these and they'll eat these with the same kinds of cereals that my parents stocked the cabinets with when I was kids. I turned out okay, so I figure that's all right. But if I had bought the kind of boxes my wife wants me to buy, there wouldn't have been the puzzles on the back or the sweet, delicious flakes inside. And on this particular morning, Luke and I found ourselves lingering over the back of a Cocoa Pebbles box where there were two pictures, almost identical, of the Flintstones and the Rubbles. Maybe you know that cartoon or those vitamins. And we were supposed to, in these two pictures, and this is the kind of thing that will get my attention, find the eight differences between these two almost identical pictures. And friends, you cannot find the eight subtle differences between two pictures like this unless you're paying attention, really paying attention. You may notice the the differences between Bam Bam and Pebbles outfits, but you may not notice the little bit of saliva on one of Barney's cheeks in one of the pictures. You may not notice that extra branch or leaf or that bird that's flying by, and you won't notice these kinds of things in life either. To find these things, you have to pay attention. And, of course, in the act of paying attention to those things, Luke and I also found ourselves being more present and paying attention to each and each other too. And all of a sudden, I became aware of other things and other ones I had been missing out on as well. And so, just for a moment, I slowed down and adjusted my eyes. The ones in my head and the ones in my heart. And I took some time to pay attention not just to the gift of God's presence among us in that moment, but also to the one I knew God wanted me to give my attention to. And I think this is worth our our attention as well. This is worth us remembering as well. You know, I'm struck. I'm so struck by the way Jesus identifies himself in today's gospel story. Did you notice? By drawing their attention to something they had missed. It is I, myself, he proclaims. And then he reveals to them both who he is and what he is by showing them his hands and his feet. Which you might remember still contained his wounds. His crucifixion wounds. They'd been there all along from the moment he entered the room. But they didn't notice until he invited them to pay attention to them and to him. Which I think offers us a timely reminder this morning. 
Because if we're not paying attention, this is something we're easily going to miss with one another too. You know, most of us here are probably carrying some battle scars from this past year. And, and, and let's be honest, all of us are carrying some wounds with us from other times in our lives as well. And in the months ahead, as we all have more and more opportunities to be together in the ways we have so longed to be together, we should all realize that every single person we encounter and that each and every one of us is carrying with us often an array of unseen emotions. There's the joy and the relief of being vaccinated and being able to be together in the ways we have wanted to be together. And then there's also unprocessed resentment over decisions that we didn't like. Unprocessed grief. Unprocessed fear. There's eagerness mixed with apprehension. There's, there's heartache and there's hope. And there's hurting. I'm sure you've read or heard somewhere before that each and every single person you meet is dealing with an unseen battle that you know nothing about. And you know, I believe that's true. I believe that's true, and, and I believe that's especially very, very true right now. With you and with people all around you who will often not feel quite ready for their pain to be obvious to others. And that's okay. That's a personal thing. That's their right. But you know, if you're gentle, and if you're generous, if you're curious, and if you're compassionate, and if you're paying attention, you may just find that someone might be ready at just the right moment to share their pain and to show their wounds to you. And when that happens, that can be so beautiful, so holy, so healing. And, and if that happens, when, when that happens, you may just find if you're paying attention, that God is also there with you in your midst in an undeniable way, paying attention to you. Amen.